This podcast is now brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And it's everything you need to make a podcast great in one place. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast. This is episode 62. This podcast is sponsored by Generation UCAN, the smarter energy nutrition that's powered by Superstarch, a slow-release complex carbohydrate that uniquely delivers steady, long-lasting energy to keep you fueled and feeling good. Visit generationucan.com.au and use the coupon code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER for 15% off your first order. That's generationucan.com.au and use the coupon code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER. Breaking the Barrier is also sponsored by Audible, the internet's largest resource for ebooks, with over 180,000 titles to choose from for your Kindle, iPhone, smartphone, or MP3 player. Audible is offering the listeners of the Breaking the Barrier podcast a free trial and a free ebook. All you have to do is visit audibletrial.com forward slash breaking the barrier to claim your free trial and ebook. That's audibletrial.com forward slash breaking the barrier. My name is Andrew Lorenzo. Follow me along my physical and mental journey as I push myself to the limits to find out what kind of athlete and person I can truly be. Along the way, I will talk to athletes, coaches, everyday individuals trying to live their best lives, and everything in between. I will get insight from their stories to find out what makes them tick and how we can learn from their experiences and knowledge. I will also share moments and my own insight as I help you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. This is Breaking the Barrier. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast, where I hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. My name is Andrew Lorenzo. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can find all things Breaking the Barrier at the website, breakingthebarrierpodcast.com, or at the social media sites, Facebook and Instagram, at Breaking the Barrier Podcast. Also want to give you a reminder that I do offer mindfulness and life coaching, which you can find a little bit more information about on my website. I also am now starting to offer my services as a personal trainer for the first time in about almost 15 years, so that's really exciting. Of course, I specialize in weight training, fitness, and nutrition, as well as running and those types of workouts. And with that, I'm still updating the website in terms of how to book for that. But until then, you can reach out to me at breakingthebarrierpodcast at gmail.com. Remember, you can also find a link to request to join the Facebook group on the website, breakingthebarrierpodcast.com, or send me an email or a message on Facebook, and I'll hook you up that way. It's a great place where community members can go and share moments of their journey, victories, questions that they might have, or even challenges that they're going through. I highly recommend that you start posting and, and, and letting us all into a little bit of your journey so that we can give you the kudos and the advice where needed. So today, what we're going to be doing is talking about the newest venture in the Spartan race organization, something called DecaFit. So I'm going to be talking with a man named Jared Cogswell, who is going to talk to us all about this newest decathlon-style event that the Spartan race is going to start rolling out over the next 
however long it takes them to start rolling it out. They have some exhibition style events coming up and they have their first official event coming up in March. But we're going to talk a little bit about, well, we're going to talk a lot a bit about that with Jared in just a little bit. But as I was speaking about the community before, the Facebook community group before, before we get into the Spartan awesomeness, I want to give a shout out to some of the Breaking the Barrier members who are going above and beyond, as always. So I want to shout out to Maria, who managed to set a new VO2 max on her last run of the decade. Quote, unquote, bring on 2020. So that's really exciting. What a way to end the decade, Maria. Well done on your new VO2 max. I hope 2020 shapes up as a great year for you. I also want to give a shout out to Amy, who actually asked a question in the Facebook community group about one of Zach's prior episodes, and I'm sure that this is a question that some of you may be asking yourself as well. Amy said, I just finished There's No Business Like Shoe Business, and now I have to ask, what do you do with your retired shoes? Some of mine are in the cupboard for when I do things like the color run and I don't want to wear my faves, but interested to hear what you do. Do you chuck them? Donate them? If so, where? And tell me the best thing to do with retired shoes. That's a great question, Amy, because you're absolutely right. It can't just be that we get rid of these shoes and that's it. I mean, I don't know about any of you, but I always... I don't throw my shoes out anymore. I, I now donate them um, or I wear them for cross training. But I always feel felt bad about throwing out shoes. Do you know? It's it's kind of weird. You build this – well, I built this relationship with my shoes. I build this relationship with my shoes. And, you know, they take me from A to B. Sometimes they take me on some really intense journeys when I'm running. So it's kind of weird to just throw them away. I know that they're inanimate objects. But, I mean – I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like a Toy Story thing. Like I just, I would feel bad throwing away the shoes. So some people had some advice for Amy. There's a place called Souls for Souls in Australia. It's a charity that collects and distributes shoes. So that's S-O-L-E-S for S-O-U-L-S. So Souls for Souls. Obviously, Salvation Army, Goodwill, those type of places, I think, take shoes. I would imagine take shoes because I see shoes there sometimes. Uh, a place called The Running Company in Yarraville and Soul Motive as well in the city in Melbourne. Both collect them. And there's also apparently a place called Symmetry on Old Geelong Road. I believe that's in Hopper's Crossing for those of you out here in the western suburbs. But yeah, I mean, in terms of what to do with your old shoes, yeah, donate them. I personally use them for cross training. So I'll use them for my weight workouts because one thing I do want to say about shoes, your running shoes specifically, is use them just for running. I think Zach touched on this a little bit. Uh, in that episode where he had a pair of shoes that wore out quite quickly because he was wearing them for a lot of things other than running. So running shoes are for running. When you retire them, they can be for all the other stuff like going to the mall or going to the gym. But yeah, get use out of them. Donate them, whatever you want to do, but you don't have to throw them away. Not until there's uh, not until there's holes in the toes. One of my acquaintances pointed that out. I won't name names. I won't name shame. But uh, if you have holes in your toes... Don't wear them. <laughs> also want to give a shout out to Tony. Tony said, I registered for Park Run and I made a commitment to start this Saturday at Lansfield. I blame Andrew for getting my lazy ass motivated. Well, I'm so sorry that you feel that way. <laughs> but really, congratulations, Tony. That's awesome. That's a big step. 
Tony also had this to say, I set myself a goal in November 2019 to lose 20 kilograms by December 2020. I'm starting the year with eight and a half kilograms in the bank and 11 and a half to go. That's awesome, Tony. Like really, really well done. What a way to start the year. It's so much better to start already on your journey in a new year than waiting till the new year to start that journey. I mean, it's it's just going to be a much smoother transition and it's going to be an exciting and motivating time for you. So really, really well done. So I also posed a question in the Facebook community group about what everyone is setting their sights on for the year ahead. And I just want to read out some of these because I think that they're pretty exciting and I can't wait to I can't wait to see how you all progress. So 2020's goals for some of our Breaking the Barrier community members, Daryl had this to say, already ticked off my first goal of the year, which was to set a new park run PB. Haven't been running fast times recently, but with the sport of Anthula, I managed to smash my old PB. Though I might rest on my laurels for a while while I focus and aim for that sub four-hour marathon. It's a great barrier to break. Dean's main goal is the UTA 100, or the Ultra Trail Australia 100. That's a 100-kilometer race. Dean said, UTA 100 is my main goal and focus for the year. I'm also going to attempt the 2020 kilometers for 2020 challenge. I hope you all get to smash some goals this year. And Kathleen had this to say, My biggest goal in 2020 is to break four hours in a marathon. My other goals are continue my run streak at least one mile per day started in September of 2018 and continue my quest to run a marathon in all 50 states and volunteer at some races and running events. So congratulations to all of the members of the Breaking the Barrier community who are going above and beyond and are setting themselves exciting goals for 2020. I can't wait to see how they play out, and I can't wait to share my journey as well with all of you. So now I want to get into what we're going to talk about on this episode. So those of you who have seen my Instagram and have been listening to the podcast, you know that I've been talking about something big that's coming with the Spartan races. And this is where you get to find out all about what that is. So, the Spartan. It's hailed as the world's best obstacle course, and it's continuing its journey of ripping 100 million people off their couches in an effort to make the world a healthier and more active place. Their newest venture is known as DecaFit. It's an indoor decathlon that'll help to amp up your motivation, community spirit, and your performance. Spartan has designed this to be the most memorable and inspiring fitness experience you have ever gone through. And I had the opportunity to chat with Jared Cogswell, one of the developers from the ground level of this new exciting event who has been working closely with Joe DeSena and the Spartan organization to design something you'll not easily forget. Jared, being an entrepreneur of the fitness industry, works closely with businesses to plan their operations, sales development teams, culture, leadership, so much more. So it was no wonder that he was brought on board to ensure the success of DecaFit. His official title within the Spartan organization is the Director of DecaFit Sport and Education. Speaking with someone like Jared, I've got to tell you, it's an incredible experience. You can feel the energy coming through and the excitement that he has for this endeavor. And I, for one, can't wait to see this thing soar. So, without further ado, here is my conversation with Jared Cogswell. So I'm here with Jared Cogswell, who's agreed to come and speak to me a little bit about the Spartan and DecaFit 
world and the new venture that Spartan's taken on. So Jared, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and talking to me today. Well, thanks for having me, Andrew. No, no worries. I'm really, really excited about it. You know, uh, as, as you know, I, I love the Spartan and I'm really excited every time I hear that something new is coming along. So really, really keen to talk about it. Yeah, we're, we're super excited about this and we're, we're moving super fast on it. So the last, uh, last couple of weeks, I mean, from development to right now, man, we had just been sprinting. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of like whenever I see anything happen with Spartan. I mean, I, I guess it trickles down from Joe himself. It's just it always goes so crazy fast, and it's like gung ho, and then all of a sudden it's this awesome thing that's just kind of come out of what it seems like nowhere. Even though I'm sure that there's tons of stuff going on in the background. Yeah, well, you know, culture starts at the top, man, and and I think he surrounds himself with. A bunch of Spartan-like attitudes, and uh, I'm I'm honored to be part of the team because, you know, like I was I was telling my fiance the other day, I said, man, I, I've been sprinting hard for 14 days, and I'm not even breathing hard, and that's what happens when you work around people that inspire you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it make all the difference in the world. I mean, there are tons of us out there, you know, that that have these jobs, and and you hear people speak about yeah I'm at work and it doesn't seem like work it, it goes by really fast because I love what I do and then you have other people that probably do less work but it seems slower and more tedious and mundane so I guess it just all it, yeah it, it really depends on where you're working who you're working with and for and all that good stuff yeah that's for sure so tell me a little bit about your background Jared who who is Jared Cogswell <laughs> well um you know I i got involved in the fitness industry long, long ago. Uh, I was one of the first certified personal trainers at the age of 19. And, you know, I, I never thought I was going to have a career in the fitness industry. But, you know, I'm lucky to say that I, I've been getting paid for my passion, my whole professional career. And, you know, so not only am I a fitness industry veteran, but, you know, I've had the opportunity to, you know, I'm very passionate and, and purposeful when it comes to training and working with people and, and trying to enhance their lives. But I like being surrounded by teams. And, and I think, you know, the fitness industry has always been a very motivating environment for me. And, you know, I, I worked through the ranks and, and in leadership and management. And I spent a long time working for a company called Leisure Sports. And they were a leader in the fitness industry. Um, very... Um, almost uh they're, they're almost blazing a lot of different trails like we were one of the the first you know big uh multi-purpose we call them athletic resorts where okay. we built sports performance centers and um you know i managed uh, a facility in portland oregon for for many years and and we were driving revenues up to 13 million dollars per year and we had a team of over 350 employees and 17,000 clients and you know, I learned the value of having systems and, and innovation, I, all, all of these things. We are constantly evolving. And um, eventually, I went out on my own venture and started my own facility for, for about four years. Mm -hmm. and, and at the same time, I served as a business coach and consultant. And, uh, and I've been uh, a keynote speaker for, you know, various fitness organizations over the years. And and even wrote a book, you know, on leadership um, called Work Like an Athlete. And that's, that's the name of my, my personal business. Okay. And um, 
so, you know, I've been engaged in the fitness industry for a long time. And, and you know, I, I've just been lucky to be surrounded by so many passionate people. And, and that's kind of how this came about, too, with, with Spartan. Okay. So how did that, how did, how did all of this segue into, into Spartan? Where did you meet up with those guys and Joe and? Yeah, well, you know, luckily enough, um, last, last year I, I was on the U S army boss strong show, uh, representing alpha warrior and all the, and, and I got to work with some of the, the best coaches in the country and uh, my roommate in this little, little small RV was a guy named Yancey Culp. And Yancey's from Austin, Texas. And, you know, I found out that he was, he was really big in the OCR world and, and coaches over 900 uh, OCR athletes all wow. over the world. And him and I were in this little RV and him and I were competing uh, with our teams, we, we each had um, a team of six soldiers from around the world, and they were competing at Fort Bragg. So we, we you know, we were living um, amongst the sh soldiers that were there, and uh, we were just inspiring one another and inspiring the, the soldiers that we were working with. But him and I, we just hit it off right from day one. And, and even though we were in closed quarters for 16 days, I never got tired of being around Yancey's energy. And, and we always talk about this ever since, you know, we're always talking about how can we light up the planet today? Yeah. And that's been our, our mantra and mission ever since I met that guy. And, uh, you know, he's, he's become like a brother. And um, I was actually in um, Delray Beach, Florida on a, on a consulting job working with uh, some, some clients of mine. And it was, a, it was late on a Saturday night and he gave me a call and he said, hey man, I'm in Boston right now and Joe DeSena you know, wants you to come up here. Can you get here tomorrow morning? And uh, my fiance was, was with me on that, on that trip in Florida and I brought all the clothes you know, for, for a Florida trip. Yeah. And uh, next thing I know, I'm in 30 degree weather in Boston without <laughs> a jacket. Awesome. <laughs> and uh man and and ever since that day we've been working on decafit you know uh from the ground level and and uh, created the course um created all the movements created the logo the branding the business plan the financial pro forma we we just have created just this really awesome team and lucky enough we we get to work with the resources of spartan even though we're trying to be as self-sufficient as we can because Spartan was busy without us. Yep. Um, but um, yeah, and I got a chance to, to meet Joe for the first time and I've been on the phone with him every single day since. And, you know, I, I just, uh, I love, I love the, the energy that gets behind Spartan. And, and, you know, Joe is a competitive soul himself. And yeah. you know, I've gotten phone calls at, on a Sunday morning and, you know, he, he's really introduced me to the Spartan culture. And, and, and on a Sunday, he calls me, I think it was about 530 in the morning. He said, hey, Jared, uh, I'm swinging kettlebells right now. And I want to make sure you are, too. That's and, awesome. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that's the way it's been, man. And, and so um, that's what got me involved. Uh, it was really due to Yancey's relationship, longtime relationship with, with Spartan. And, uh, you know, this, this is an endeavor, I think, that you know, really um, creates a well-rounded approach to fitness for Spartan. Because, you know, we know there's also a lot of people intimidated by the different Spartan type of events. Yeah. 
And this could be something that feeds into Spartan. And it's, it's definitely going to capture the, the current racing community indoors. And, uh, but the, the biggest thing I think, you know, Joe's goal is, is to impact 100 million lives through fitness. And this is another avenue that we get, get a chance to do that. And with my fitness industry background, this is where I've gotten the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, in, that's incredible. That's, um, that, that seems like it's come from a long way. And I mean, I think, I think you're uh, absolutely right. I think there are a lot of, uh, I don't know if I would say stigmas, but I think some people that I've spoken to, they'll look at a Spartan and be like, yeah, that's not for me. I couldn't ever do it. I mean, the truth is anybody can do a Spartan, right? Like I've seen all shapes and sizes, but for whatever right. reason, there's that it's that Spartan, you know, it's a, whoa, that's, that's, that's too much for me. Types of road runs that you'll want to do. You'll have your recovery runs, you'll have regular runs, you'll have slow, long runs. Then you'll have your fun runs and your races and your competitions. Probably the biggest tip uh, when you're relating a shoe to the run is never relate a new shoe to the run. Never use a brand new pair of shoes for a race. Never use anything brand new for a race. Nothing that you haven't tried many, many times before and made sure it works. But especially don't take a brand new pair of shoes to a race um, you could discover blisters or things that you've never felt before in that pair of shoes even if they're a model that you've tried before and then getting back to the topic of fall you'll find that your road shoes have a lot more cushioning fall in them can be anywhere between eight millimeter and 12 millimeters in height and that means you've got a lot of foam underneath your foot as just as you're running but that can also mean if you're prone to heel striking like i said before if you've got a lot of foam under your heel you're going to have to work a lot harder to get that foot over the road and not striking with the heel first. So that's something to think about whether or not you're a runner who could get away with a lower fall for road running. And then the final one is, is trail running. So trail running is when you go out uh, onto a mountain or around some paths, crushed gravel, whatever it takes. Uh, and so the shoes need to be suitable for the conditions. You're going to be talking about shoes that have thicker lugs underneath them or firmer grip or, or, or bigger tread. They might come with waterproofing because your shoes when you're trail running they're not just going to be running. That's the important thing to, to think about. There's going to be a combination of walking and running. There's going to be lots of uphills. There's going to be a lot of downhills. And one of the things we look for in shoes is looking at the size of the toe box. So the toe box is exactly what it sounds like. Imagine at the end of the shoe, there's a box where your toe goes. When you're doing track running or road running, you can get away with a slightly smaller toe box. For something like a marathon, you'll want a toe box that has plenty of space for your foot to move around in. But in trail running... The size of the toe box is really important because when you're running downhill, your foot will be sliding forward in your shoe. And so you will find yourself pushing up against the front of that shoe quite a bit. And so in trail running shoes, you definitely want a roomier toe box. The other thing is you're probably going to want to think about the fact that your feet will swell a lot longer when you're trail running simply because you're going to be out there for longer. Think about it. If you're doing a 10 kilometer run or a half marathon, you're gonna be there between one to three hours. If you're out there doing a trail run and it's a long distance or an ultra event, you're talking about many, many hours on your feet. And so your feet are gonna swell. And so trail shoes tend to feel a little bit looser at the start, but they feel great when you're a couple of hours in and your foot have swelled up a lot. So 
the different manufacturers are definitely looking at different things they can do for different runs. And when you go in to buy a shoe these days, they are getting a lot more specific on what is the type of run you want to do in the shoe. One of the initiatives that's come out, again from Nike, and again, I make the point, this is not a sponsored podcast by Nike, but I am very open to that if anyone is listening. Nike's brought out a new shoe called the Joyride. And the Joyride is basically uh, designed for recovery. And the sole of the shoe, instead of being filled with solid foam or even air or gel, is filled with thousands of little plastic beads. And the whole idea is that the plastic beads will move around and compress and shift under your foot as you're running. And it should be like an immensely soft ride, as if you're running on a couple of little beanbags. And so they're really pitching that as people who want recovery runs. It's not something that you would wear on a fast run, but you'd wear it when you're trying to recover. Now, there's a bit of controversy for that because in the world we have today, making a shoe that is made of hundreds of thousands of little plastic beads and trying to sell them to millions of people has an ecological aspect to it, which is do we really want that amount of plastic being put into the environment? People are still out on whether or not the Joyride bead technology will work at all, but there's definitely some sentiments being felt around the plastic. And so if you did like the thought of that super cushy ride, you'd have to take that environmental aspect uh, into mind for yourself as well and make your own decision. So when you're doing all these different types of running and depending where you're up to with your training, you're going to want to rotate the shoes you have. You're going to need different pairs because one of the advantages of rotating shoes is it forces your foot to get used to slight differences between them. Even if you've got shoes from within one brand, there will be differences between them because they're all made for slightly different purposes. And if you're rotating shoes between brands, then you'll definitely see some differences there as well. Now, there's lots of different guides to these online. Uh, Some people suggest like a three shoe rotation where you'd have one shoe for regular running, one shoe for faster running or track running, and then another shoe for when you want to go out and do a race. I personally, because I do quite a few kilometers of training every week, I run a four to five shoe rotation. So currently at the moment, I have two pairs of shoes that I use for everyday running. uh, And one of those is an Asics and one of those is a Nike. I've got a pair of track shoes that I wear, which are an Asics. I've got a pair of trail shoes that I run, which are an Asics. And then I've got a pair of race shoes, which I wear, which are another pair of Nikes. So I'm rotating five shoes at a time. And I find that that means my foot never really gets settled uh, into one shoe or the other. I definitely have favorites. I definitely sometimes look at which shoe I'm meant to pick up and run with that day and wish that I could grab the other one. But it is good to get into the habit of trying to rotate them and get those different experiences and different feels happening. It does mean, unfortunately, if you get stuck with a pair of shoes that you don't like uh, and it's in the rotation with a whole bunch of others, you're probably going to stick with it a lot longer. But it also means that your favorite shoes won't wear out as fast. So there's an advantage to that as well. But I guess that probably brings me to the the final uh, thing to think about with shoes. And that's retirement, which is unfortunately, once a pair of shoes is done, they are done. That's it with them. Now, it depends on the individual and it depends on the type of running you're doing. But as a guide, 400 miles or 644 kilometers is a nice rule of thumb. Uh, And you can track this. There are many things you can do with apps in Garmin Connect or Strava where you can set up a profile for each of your different shoes. Uh, And every time you do a run, you can just record what pair you used it and check uh, and even set warnings to say, when I get to that 400 mile limit, tell me what's going on here. It will vary though if you're doing an awful lot of 
road running uh, or trail running, you might find that those beat your shoes up quite a lot. I've done, you know, 600, 700 kilometers on track shoes, which have only been worn at the track on the soft surface, and they look brand new at the end of that. Uh, in fact, probably the laces and the tops wore out faster than the soles. You've also got to be aware of incidental use, though. I had a pair of black Nikes that I only got 250Ks out of because I was wearing them during the day, and then I was wearing them to track, and then I was uh, hopping off at an earlier station on the way home and running home from them, and I was wearing them all the time. And the theory behind that was it was saving me having to carry around a second pair of shoes for when I wanted to run. But the side effect was I got barely two months' worth of use out of it, and that was a pain because when I was going to work and wearing black jeans, I could throw on these black running shoes and then go run later that only lasted a couple of weeks i ended up having to buy uh, another pair of shoes a lot quicker than i would have liked so use the tracking in the apps to keep an eye on your shoes and, and see how they're going but then also look for obvious signs if the shoe is starting to wear through on the heel or on the forefoot or if there's holes in the toe box coming through those are signs of the shoes ending its uh, end of life things like the shoe wearing out is also a good way for me to go back to that first point, which is understanding what sort of foot type you have. If you're looking at your shoes as they're wearing out and you're noticing that they are tending to wear out in a certain heel spot, well, that's a sign that you're a heel striker. If you're noticing that you tend to be getting a lot of toes poking through the toe box at the start, that's a sign that you probably need to cut your toenails, but also that you're possibly wearing shoes that are a little bit tighter in the toe box than you'd like. And so next time you do a bit of research to work out what sort of brand you'd like, look for those as well. Shoes are an essential part of running. There's not much you can do. Well, actually, that's not true. You can do running without shoes. I've seen a lot of people doing track work or marathons in very, very lightweight shoes or even barefoot. Uh, and for some people, that's right. If you've got a, a neutral foot or a very strong foot and you can train yourself to get to that point very, very slowly and in a very structured way, you might find that you could do some minimalist barefoot running. But for the rest of us, we are going to need shoes. And so it's going to be something that we're constantly interested in and something that we're constantly researching and it's a billion dollar industry i read the other day that uh, one of the brands that i've worn before but don't wear that much at the moment adidas uh, are sending some of their shoes to space um, they're taking the boost gel which they use in their ultra boost runners uh, and they're sending some of that boost up to space to see how it reacts in different gravity situations and different pressure situations and they'll bring those findings back and three years from now five years from now we might have space shoes you know in our feet and available to buy in stores i mean the coolest thing about the ultra boosts right now is that the underside of the shoe is made from the same tire rubber that you get in continental tires so i always thought that was cool but i i must admit space shoes are going to be a little bit cooler again so my five tips for shoes number one is do your research on your foot type and your running style number two review different brands and models and try them out number three relate the shoe to the run the terrain the goal that you're going after number four rotate different pairs and number five retire once a pair is done it's done and it's time to move on so hopefully that's helped give you a quick overview on the wonderful world of shoes. There's plenty more out there on the internet if you want to check it out. If you've got any questions on what works for different people, check out the Facebook community and ask a question, and I'm sure you'll find a lot of people there willing to help. But remember, it all starts with one step. And so shoes will help you get there, but it's ultimately up to you who's going to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible.
that's important, you know, and because on the other side of this, Andrew, we're, we're also building a, a training program for our gym licensees. Yeah. So we're, we're giving them a lot of benefits and, and, and we're trying to create, you know, um, an opportunity for gym owners, club owners, studio owners, um, to attract more people in, into their gym. So again, so that we're all impacting the world of fitness together. So we're going to be designing DecaFit workouts. Um, you know, we're hoping to align them with, with the equipment providers that, that we're partnering with. And uh, so they're setting up, they can set up many DECA workouts inside of their facilities. And plus, we're going to be giving them, you know, marketing support. We're going to be giving them, you know, business support, networking opportunities um, so that, you know, when we get gyms that are doing really well at something, they're able to share their best practices with one another. And there's not enough of that in the industry. I've worked with so many, especially single um, independent gym owners that they get into this business because they're so passionate about changing lives and fitness, but then they realize there's this, this business component to it. (laughs) And it's hard. It's a hard business because not everybody wants fitness. And so what do you do to, to what, what can you do to thrive versus survive? And, and I think this is going to be an opportunity where we're aligning a lot of these people, these fitness professionals and gym operators together so that they can be stronger within their own businesses. Yeah. Yeah. And right away it's a win-win. I mean, because from what I'm seeing um, and what I'm, what I'm hearing in the zones, it's not like, I mean, there are, there are obstacle course gyms that you need a specific loadout for to work like i mean it's it's kind of hard to train for a rope climb if you don't have a rope that you can climb but with with this stuff it's like this is stuff that gyms already have so it's like a win-win it's like why would you not want to get in on this and 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 open up to a whole new demographic of people that otherwise wouldn't have thought to step foot into your gym that's awesome yeah i even think it works for some of the franchises that are out there that want to try something different you know so even if you went to an orange theory for example Um, I think, I think you're training for a DecaFit event. Maybe you don't do all those particular movements in an orange theory class, uh, the, the way they design them, but I, I bet you can compete at a pretty good level if you show up at these events. Yeah. So I, I think this is for, for anybody and everybody that trains functionally. Awesome. Awesome. And like, how did really, I mean, I kind of want to circle back to, uh, the, the beginning, how did it kind of evolve? I mean, what, what was, what were those conversations like? I mean, from, from ground level to, to now you're going to get your first event launched. What, 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 what was the process there? Well, there, there's another group that's out there right now that um, they built their own indoor fitness event. And, you know, that's how I got in, introduced to it uh, was through Yancey. He was at that, he was at a particular event and it, it looked like um, just, you know, for a lack of a better of expression, it, it, it looked like a boot camp on steroids. It was just like this oh, wow. major event and it just looked so cool. And I, I was really impressed and, and being a guy that's been coaching these. So that you have those milestones throughout the year that can keep you going, keep you excited, even if it's like the same distance over and over again, like, all right, I'm going to sign up for a 10K and I'm going to see what my time is. I'll sign up for another 10K a couple months later, another 10K a couple months after that. And then all of a sudden you've got this 
starting point, and now throughout the year you're going to try to you're going to try to uh, go above and beyond that. So you have these goals that you can continuously look forward to, and that keep you motivated on your journey, rather than just having one thing that you get to, and all of a sudden you don't know where to go next. So you've got to set those goals because it'll keep you motivated, it'll keep you going, and it'll keep you moving. So set constant goals. Don't set the goals, again, Zach touched on this last time, don't set goals that are so big that you're going to you know, miss them and, and, and lose your motivation that way. Set realistic goals. Now, there is a fine line. There's a fine line between setting a realistic goal and setting a goal that's too easy. Don't set something that's too easy either. Right, because if you can run a 25-minute 5K already, don't be setting your goal to to run a sub 30-minute 5K because you can already do it. I mean, unless you're if you're content with that and you think that that's going to be enough to keep you going, that's fine. But if you want to improve, don't be setting goals that you know you can do. Set goals that scare you a little bit. Not so much that they're impossible, but set goals that scare you a little bit. Set goals that challenge you a little bit and keep them going throughout the year. And whatever you make great. If you don't make them, well, that is something that you look at in the future. Okay, well, I missed this goal by a minute and a half. What am I going to do before the next race to ensure that I don't miss this goal again? So for me, for example, with the 240 marathon, I'm missing that goal because of injury. So I got to figure out what it is that I'm going to do to make sure that that doesn't stop me in my track. So first thing, look at my strength training. Yes, doing. Second thing, work with a myotherapist. Yes, doing. Work with my running coach. Yes. You know, easing back on my miles, taking the recovery, not pushing myself, not doing too much too fast. Yes. So those are all things that are going to help me eventually reach my goal. So, okay. (laughs) Set constant goals. And the final thing, the last thing, number five, and this sort of goes hand in hand with the beginning of this episode. Number five, don't go it alone. You don't have to go it alone. I have found so many friends this year that I can't imagine being without. I'm going to go into a little, well, I'm going to go into the feelings that I've been having for the past couple months and and basically why I've taken this time off. So some, some things have happened and it's left me feeling very lonely, very sad, very broken. And I didn't know if I was going to be able to recover. I still don't. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to be able to ever fully recover from what's happened. But that doesn't mean that I can't go on. And that doesn't mean that I can't keep living my life. Maybe it's not going to be as a fulfilled life as I would have hoped it to have been. Maybe that's what happens. But you know, without getting too too much into a depressing story, I know that I don't have to go through that alone. And I I have friends that I call family. And they are there for me every step of the way. And whatever your journey is, whatever your lot in life is, whatever you're going through, you need to know that you don't have to go through it alone either. There are going to be times in your life where you just feel that there is no hope of a reprieve but that's never true no matter what you're going through you can come out on the other side and it's so much better and it's so much easier if you have people to do that with 
And it's as easy as picking up the phone. It's as easy as going to an event like a park. You know, but that's that's life, you know. But I think f- if if I get when I get in next year, there you go. <laughs> let's be positive. Uh, when I when I get in next year, fingers crossed, I will be. I will feel just generally more prepared. Okay. Just because I'm not having to deal with all other stuff as well. Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, and just having a bit more experience road gaining, more experience being there in the park. I know quite a few people there now, yeah. you know, from the race. We're all friends on Facebook and we chat regularly and all that sort of stuff. So I feel just generally more comfortable with it all. Yeah. Yeah, cool. and I think that in and of itself helps as well, just that feeling of sort of knowing what you're getting yourself in for a bit more. Yeah. And maybe I won't have a panic attack this time on the start line. You're helping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right okay yeah. that okay if i were to say mm, i mean you've kind of answered it already but i'm I'm curious maybe two years ago yeah talking to izzy two years ago knowing that this thing is coming up yeah what would you say to yourself well i oh what would i say to myself yeah two years ago i don't know all i know is i used to think no way would i ever be able to do it mm. i used to think not a hope wow and because I used to have friends every time it came on going, you'd be perfect for this, sending me messages on Facebook. Why don't you enter? You'd be perfect. I'm like, nah, not me. I couldn't do that. So two years ago, I would have said, I, I wouldn't have even believed that I was doing it, to be honest. Wow. Yeah. But then once I think, I don't, I don't know what changed. I just thought, I'm just going to give it a crack and see what happens. Yeah. And then I just got in. Amazing things yeah. can happen. In yeah. Years. I think when you just let it, let it go and, mm. and don't worry too much. It was just like, I'm just going to apply and see what happens. And if I get in, then I'll worry about it when I get in. Yeah. So then I got in, you know. But, yeah, two years ago I wouldn't have believed it. Okay. So I wouldn't have known what to say. Wow. I probably would have said, don't stuff this up, Isabel. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Fair yeah. enough. I like that. Don't stuff it up. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. All right. Well, now this next